Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Think Orange Podcast. A podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. Here are your hosts, Dave Adamson and Ashley Bohens. How's it going, everyone? My name is Dave, and I want to welcome you all to the Think Orange Podcast, coming to you today all the way from the Think Orange Bunker. And I am your co-host, and of course, the host of today's show is the one and only Ashley Bohans. Ashley! Hey! How are you today? I am so good because, Dave, I have been waiting to sit across the table from you because I cannot wait to tell you a story of what happened in my life. Okay, but we need to put that on hold for just a second. (laughs) I know everybody's now waiting for it, but you are looking extremely tan. How has your summer been so far? It's been good. I love, love working and writing at the pool. So it's been fat. Oh, really? Is that where you do your work? Well, when I can telework, yes. That is awesome. Well, because it is summer, a lot of churches at the moment are either starting or they're halfway through their VBS program. Ash, I know that Orange does a lot of stuff with VBS, but for people who have been living under a rock for about 20 years or so and don't know what VBS is, can you tell us A, what the acronym means and B, kind of uh, what it is? Yeah, sure. Um, VBS meaning Vacation Bible School. Um, These are like week-long programs that are designed to influence a kid's faith. Um, And for the most part, they're an extension of their children's ministry. Um, But a lot of times it's also an outreach event to the community because it's free. Yeah, they really are a great outreach. Mm -hmm. When I drive to work in the mornings, I must pass 12 churches and all of them have the VBS signs out the front. Yeah, essentially these churches are offering their community a free, like, week-long day camp. Yeah, which, which is, is a, awesome. Which is a great thing, but we think that we can take it up to the next level, right? We don't want to just do your grandma's VBS. We want to do a modern version of VBS. Yeah, a VBS that attracts people from outside the church or that are possibly unchurched. Yeah, that's what the goal is. Um, so to help us with this, to help us talk about VBS and how we can take it to the next level, we've invited the one and only Amy Fenton into the Woo-hoo. bunker. Uh, you love Amy, right? I do. I wish I saw more of her. She is an incredible human being. She has been in children's ministry for more than 20 years, which I find extremely hard to believe. Right? She dresses trendier than I do. She totally does. And she's she must have started when she was like five years old. That's all I can <laughs> guess. Um, But she is also currently an Orange Specialist and the Executive Director of Orange VBS and Orange's Live to Serve Conference. I mean, she's an expert in all this sort of stuff. And if that wasn't enough, we've also got Dan Scott on the podcast today. Dan Scott. Another, we'll say that again. Dan Scott, love it. That should be like every time we say Dan Scott, you say that from now Dan on. Dan Scott, right? yeah, <laughs> I love it. Dan Scott is a great friend of the pod. He's been on several times. He's also written a fantastic book, Caught in Between. Have you read that one? Uh, yeah, it's a bestseller. It is, and it need, it's a must read for anybody who's in it any is. sort of student or family ministry. Dan, he's another guy who dresses so trendy. <laughs> yes, that's true. He totally does. That is true. And the unique thing about Dan being on this episode is not only are we going to hear from Dan about his thoughts on VBS, Mm. but then we're going to actually hear Dan, along with our coworker Sarah Bragg, interview Amy. That sounds like 
just a triple threat right there. I mean, Dan's got it all going on. I think Dan could do both of our jobs together. I, yeah, we should invite him to. And he'd make it look so much better because he's so trendy. I know. Um, so it is going to be an absolutely fantastic episode. I hope you've got your notebook and pen out, ready to take some notes on how you can improve your VBS. But before we get into that, today's story from Ash is proudly brought to you by Orange Curriculum. <laughs> Yes. Right? Good. Was oh, that yeah. good? That was all that's... right, wasn't it? <laughs> Orange curriculum. But my story has nothing to do with the curriculum or VBS. I, FYI. I, I know. I'm just keeping people in suspense and holding them on <laughs> just a little bit longer. Orange curriculum is helping every leader, volunteer, and parent become one voice in the life of a child through training for volunteers and small group leaders, resources to engage parents, and a birth to graduation strategy that aligns with your entire family ministry team. Right. And actually, right now, you can try any of the age group curriculums for free. What? And if you do that, you get a digital copy of the book, It's Just a Phase by Reggie Joyner and Chris Ivey. And that book is so good. And let me say this. I think what sets us apart from other curriculums, because there are a lot of curriculums that are biblically sound, theologically yep. sound, but what sets us apart is we're developmentally appropriate and I developmentally sound. Yeah. And it's just a phase is the research project behind all of the age-appropriate curriculums. That's what helped us figure out what do we need to tell a yeah. kid at each age and yeah. why. That's awesome. And to get all of that, all you need to do is visit tryorangefree.com. Tryorangefree, F-R-E-E, dot Calm. That's that's fantastic. I absolutely love that. We're giving all of that stuff away. Now, hey, before we get into today's VBS content, I am just on the edge of my seat <laughs> waiting for this uh, amazing story that you teased at the top of the pod. <laughs> okay, Dave. Well, I, I thought you'd never get here. Yeah. <laughs> so you kept going on and on and on. <laughs> I didn't forget. I was just you know building the tension. Oh, There's okay. a lot of pressure now on okay. this story. Well, listen, I have just been excited to tell you this story because it feels like a dream come true. <laughs> I was at the Atlanta airport picking up a friend who was going to be coming in town to visit, and I was in the Starbucks mm -hmm. in line. I'm not looking at my at the phone. Atlanta airport. Starbucks at Atlanta airport. Yes, okay. Starbucks at Atlanta airport. Busiest airport in the world. Yeah, it is. Like legit. Legit. So probably the busiest Starbucks in the world. Well, they have one every five feet, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but you're in this extremely busy place, I, packed Starbucks. Yes, I'm in line and I'm looking at my phone because there's several people in front of me. And while I'm waiting in line, the song Killing Me Softly starts playing on their radio Killing in, me in softly. Starbucks. Killing Me Softly. Mm. Do you know that song, Dave? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's really good. So, okay, this song is just like something you have to like respond to. How does it go? In some way. Killing me softly with his song. Killing me softly. Wow, that's terrible. That, but that was fantastic. I was swaying over here. Well, let me tell you about swaying, Dave. Okay. So I'm starting to sway in line because like no. that mute that song just moves you. Of course. So then I notice like everybody in the whole Starbucks is swaying, but nobody's no. like paying attention. They're everyone's in their own world. Yeah. But <laughs> the, the only thing unifying all of us is that like we're all swaying to the music, even the baristas, everybody working at Starbucks. I love this. So then the, the words of the song start coming on, right? right? And like all of a sudden you hear like little whispers of like people are singing quietly to themselves. <laughs> and I'm like all of a sudden so excited because I'm like everybody's singing and swaying. This is so sweet. But then everyone realizes everyone's singing. So we all start singing louder. 
That is fantastic. No, it was like an organic flash mob happening in Starbucks. <laughs> and so it, the funniest part was there was, so we're singing loud and the baristas are dancing and singing. It was fantastic. Everyone in that. Everybody's Starbucks, in unison. I don't even know how that many people can be in a good mood in the Atlanta airport, but they were. <laughs> and the best part is, is in front of me, there was a mom and her high school daughter. And behind me was a mom and her high school daughter. And you see both of the daughters being like, mom, stop singing. Like they're like so embarrassed embarrassed of their mom and their moms turned to me and they're like, my daughter keeps telling me I shouldn't sing to this. And I was like, Oh girls, listen, <laughs> this is a song that you ha you just have to not care what people think and you've got to move and sing it out loud. Amen. And the moms are like, see, <laughs> it's very I, funny. So I don't know why, but I'm picturing, do you, do you remember that movie uh, Ferris Bueller's day off when they no. do the street parade and there's people flipping and people come in dancing and swaying in exact unison. That's what I'm expect. That's what I'm picturing in my head right now. I was picturing, High School Musical. <laughs> and, and I'm picturing you standing on top of like a table or something and just belting out, you know, that really high harmony part. Oh, thank that, you. I, I'm so grateful that you think I could do something like that. But I do have to say that like everybody who wasn't in the Starbucks was like stopping, turning and looking of in the Starbucks. They like they were missing out, which they were. See, and then I've now I'm picturing as soon as the song ended, like all these people stopped out the front are, are applauding you. Pretty much. Yeah, basically that's <laughs> what happened. Hey, I know in that song, there's a, I'm pretty sure, did you tell K-Daddy this story? Because I'm sure when <laughs> I walked into the bunker today that he was humming something. And, and I could be wrong. I, I was talking to him about it earlier. Because there's a big humming, there's a, like a humming part in that song, right? <laughs> yes, Dave, there is. So here's what I want to do. I don't know if uh, K-Daddy's got his microphone on, but I would love if you could hum that humming part uh, and have him come in because he's a talented man. Man, he, he can he can hit those high notes. I'll only do if K Daddy agrees to sing with me. K Daddy, uh, you got your ears on and you prepared to join us. <laughs> you guys should see his face right now. <laughs> Pressed up against a little portal yes. window. It's so good. Uh, he's not happy with me for getting him to sing, but but hey, I'm happy. Go give it a give it a run. Go. Okay, it goes something like, and this was the the volume was loud at this point in the song in the Starbucks. It was whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. La, 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 la. Whoa, la, la. Wow. We are so that good, K-Daddy. That was absolutely amazing. You guys in perfect <laughs> sync. Even though he's on the other side of three inches of bulletproof glass. It Dave, is did you notice amazing. we were both swaying I and that know, wasn't even the, planned? It, you can't help but move I your body swaying. to this song. I was people. swaying. I feel like the whole bunker was swaying. <laughs> and then, I mean, the harmonies were so perfect. It was like, it was like we had the Bee Gees in here. No, the, the, the songs by the Fugees, Dave. <laughs> the, Bee, the Bee Gees are a whole other band known for their harmonies. I know the Fugees oh. sing that. It's the Bee Gees and the Fugees. But hey, you know Clearly what? Clearly I missed the joke because I don't know that band. Well, let's just get to the VBs, the VBS. <laughs> Take it away, Dan and Amy. Navigating is difficult for any parent. And this is what's great about this. Any parent... Not parents that go to your church already, sure them, but also the parents just in your community that need help navigating life. It's like someone's telling you, hey, you need to drive from Atlanta to, to LA like it's 1999. And they hand you a paper map. That's parenting. 
And there are books out there, but there's so many books out there. And a parent can get overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. And they just need someone to do this. Hey, look, there's going to be a few ways that you can go. I'd go this way. I'd navigate. I know it looks a little bumpy, but it's going to be the best route for you to take. And when they don't take that route, you give them grace. All parents are different and some things don't work with certain kids. But you can go through and you can say, okay, here are some things that you need to celebrate along the way. Uh, maybe for your second and third graders, as they're starting to read, you're going to have this event where they get their first Bible. That's a big moment in the life of a child when they can actually read the pages of Scripture. Now, you're not giving them, you know, the ESV with all the notes and all the things. But maybe you're giving them, like, the NIRV, the New Century version. Scary, but they can read it. And it's a Bible and a scripture and it's translated from original languages. That's a great milestone event. The transition from fifth to sixth or from elementary to middle school is another important milestone event. Because you don't want your fifth graders to feel like they're getting kicked out of something. You want them to feel like they're being invited into something. And so that one, you're going to want to partner with your your middle school or your youth group ministry and figure out how can we work this? How can we help families navigate this transition? Because you do things differently than we do. It's, it's, it's where all this just a phase information gets played out in the life of the church. A lot of it gets played out in the events that you create and how you're helping parents navigate the different phases of their child's life. So there are milestone events that help map something out for them. And next we have small group events. And these are events created to help small group leaders invest in the relationship with their few. I I never want to walk into a children's ministry environment and have it look like this. And not just like the teacher at the chalkboard, those poor kids that are, you know, have their head on their desk and they're bored out of their mind. Your kids are in school five days a week. Small group needs to be fun. It needs to be relational. It needs to be active. But that relationship takes work. And when you create events that allow small group leaders and kids to have fun outside of Sunday, you're giving them a chance to make memories that are just associated with being friends. And so you can turn... You, you want to do a back-to-school event? Well, make it all about the small group leader and their kids, where they're meeting each other for the first time, and there's all these icebreakers, and then all these get-to-know-you, because hopefully you've created an environment where that small group leader is going to be with them every single week throughout this year. Do it right and set them up to win. It also kills two birds with one stone. You've done your back-to-school event, which is celebrating, you know, the, we're, you know, we're launching into fall. Here we go. Here we go. But you're also creating a small group event out of it where r- relationships can be formed and get into it. One of the best events that our church does is for uh, incoming sixth graders. It's called boot camp. And it, it allows, us, they go away 
It's like their first retreat ever as, you know, in the family ministries. And they go and they basically just hang out with their small group leaders all weekend long. And there's, there's worship and there's a speaker and there's content, but it's like they get them up at five o'clock in the morning and make them run a mud race. Like it is, my son came back and he's like, I love my small group. I want to go to church every Sunday. And we're like, sold, you know, you're like, all right, we're, we're going to stay here for a while because he wants to go to church. Uh, but it was all about just building relationships. And those are easy events that you can create to help you, you know, build those relationships that are so important. And you can do them strategically throughout the year, which we'll talk about in a second. Celebrations are our fifth. And these are events created simply to honor people or moments throughout the year. You're going to go big at Christmas, aren't you? Like, you're just going to do it because, you know, it's Christmas. There's another holiday that you're going to go pretty big on, Easter. And these are probably going to be church-wide. Like, as a church, you are just going to go big on these. And when you do that, you need to think about this. When it comes to celebrations, fun should be the number one priority. Now, I, I get it. I get it. You're going to have a good Friday service. You may do something with Lent. Fun probably isn't the first word that comes to mind. But warmth is, hospitable is, inviting is, which are aspects of fun. Because fun is, is welcoming. It breaks tension. And it allows you just to be together during these different seasons of the year. And one celebration that you do not want to miss is this important volunteer celebration. Because your volunteers have given a lot over the course of the year. And take some time to celebrate them and honor them for the time that they've given. Now, we know that they're doing it because they feel called and that there's something in there where they feel like, you know, God is, God chose them to do this. But it's still work. It's still hard sometimes. And to take a night out to say, hey, thank you for what you're doing. You are killing it and you're making faith come alive in the next generation. And we just want to take time to thank you. That will speak volumes to them. But again, it's an event that you need to create. So we have these five events, but we still have a very full calendar. And when you go through that list, you're like, oh, I want to do that. I, I want to do that too. Oh, that sounds amazing. I I'm going to go home and I'm going to do it right now. Well, hold on. Put the brakes on. Let's ask ourselves some questions about these events and make sure that they're the events that you in your distinct church community want to do. Because not every event is worth doing at every church. You have your DNA, and there are going to be events that will make sense in your DNA that won't make sense in the church that I go to. And that's totally fine. My church will probably never do a trunk or treat. There's nothing against trunk or treat. Orange puts on a trunk or treat where, where our offices are, where families can come in and we do a trunk or treat. It's just that my church won't do that because there are like probably 12 other churches that do great trunk or treats in the area. Why can't I partner with them and send my families there and, and kind of work and be the body of Christ in our faith communities? So let's ask ourselves some questions and plan an event. How many of you have to do a VBS? Not have to, sorry. 
That, that, came, that came out wrong. I'm, I'm sorry. How many of you love putting on a VVS? It's like your pride and joy every single year. That's awesome. So let's plan a VBS. So we know that we have a VBS. We know that we have to do it. We know that we want to do it. But we also think that it is a strategic part of what we're doing in our church life. Now you can go buy a copy of Kids Matter magazine. You can look at the different things that they have. You can choose one and you can start to implement it. You think that the theme looks awesome. You like the decorations. And so... Yeah, let's go with that. But what happens if you unopen the box and you're like, yeah, this is really cool, but I don't know if it works for us. But you have to do it anyway because now you've invested. What if we start with some questions before we start planning the event? What if we figure out why we're doing this event in the first place and who we want to reach? So what is the purpose of the event that we're trying to create? We'd probably agree to some extent that our VBS is there for community outreach. It's an on-ramp to church. We want kids to know who Jesus is. We want that to be a part of this event. That's great. I love it. So write it down. Decide on the outcome. At the end, we want X number to start attending our church. Have a goal in mind. We would love for this percentage of the people to be from outside the walls of our church and not associated with another church. We would love for this amount of kids to come to know Christ. Have these goals in mind. I know numbers sound so gross, but they give you a metric that you can evaluate your event against because you... You want it to be a worth... There are people that that their entire children's ministry budget is the same, for the entire year, is the same as their VBS budget. Meaning they have $40,000 for a year of children's ministry, but they have $40,000 for this VBS event. You spend a... We, as a church, spend a lot of money on this event that I'm not always sure does what we want it to do in the life of our church. So, But when we start to ask questions... We start to help form a way to figure this out. So we're going to write it down, and everything we do is going to be planned with that in mind. Everything. Now we're going to look at who we want to show up. All right, so obviously we're in a local church, so we want our local families to attend. Local neighborhood families. But when registration goes live, who's going to get there first? Who? The church. Yeah. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's a thing. Right? Your attenders are the first people that are going to sign up for this. What's your goal? Community outreach and on-ramp to your church. Do they need an on-ramp to your church? No, they don't. Let them come by all means, because you also want to introduce people to Jesus. And this might be a moment where your attenders will learn about Jesus. But maybe registration doesn't go first to the people that attend your church. Because you want unchurched. You want people who are not connected to a faith community to become connected to your faith community. Because the other group that shows up a lot is the other churched. 
most likely your VBS is filled with this, with maybe a handful of these people. But isn't your goal to get people here into the church? So now we have to figure out, well, how do we get them there? So based on your end in mind, who's the target that will get the most out of this event? Let them know the event exists. The yard sign is not going to cut it anymore. What? You mean, yes, I do. Put it out there. Um, but there's this idea in marketing called effective frequency. Have any of you heard of this concept before? This concept is that people need to see things about seven times before they're going to make a decision about it. So it's almost like the first six times that they saw the ad, that they saw the commercial, that they saw the social media thing pop up on Facebook. It's like they didn't even see it. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, Birchbox exists. Trunk Club exists. I didn't know this was a thing. Maybe I would like clothes to come to my house in a box that I didn't pick out, that I don't know whether will fit or not. But apparently they proved that, you know, they, okay, I'll try it. I'll try a Trunk Club. Or you're like, why would I ever do that? I go to TJ Maxx. You know, and, and then you, but you make a decision on it. But they probably have tried to get your attention about seven to 12 times before that. And we're trying to get them to come with a yard sign that maybe they'll pass seven times. But at that point, the brain has wrote it off as white noise. Like it's just part of the landscape because they're driving. And their kids can't read that fast because they're in second grade. And they're literate, but they're slow literate. They're, they don't have fluency. So, so what if, you know, we'll put it on there because it's there. The yard sign will hit some unchurched. I mean, I remember doing VBS back in the day at, at the church where I went to as a child. And we know that people from the neighborhood came because of the yard sign. All right. So I'm not going to knock it. That's great. And these people, you just have to tell them, we're doing a VBS. They're going to show up. Maybe you're going to get radio spots. Do they listen to the fish? Where, where, do, we, where do we put our radio spots? Put them on the Christian stations. Hey, there's VB, like, I hear them all, I hear them all spring long, all summer long. VBS next month at the da 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 da. I never hear that ad when I'm listening you know, to Hot 97 or whatever the thing is. Like, what if, and it's scary because, oh my word, big media and we're giving them money, but who do we want to attend? The unchurched. So what if we put a radio spot on like the adult contemporary station? We're not going to go so crazy on hip hop. We'll put it on the, we'll put it on the adult contemporary they play Coldplay. Coldplay spiritual. I don't know. You know, they're playing Ben Rector. He's a Christian. It's fine. Um, yeah, so you're going you're gonna to go there, and maybe you're going to get some radio spots. But also, we have this great thing called social media. I'm on Facebook. I do that sometimes. And we have a 252 Basics Facebook page. And when we post something on that, that page... It says, would you like to sponsor this? Would you like to promote this? I say, hmm, maybe I do. And I say, yes. And it asks me, who do you want to promote this to? So I can say, you find people. 
Or I can say, um, let's go with these people living in this town, in this neighborhood, and I can specify exactly who I want to see this. So I can target parents who have kids from this to this, who just live in here. And I'm going to pay 20 bucks. And then over the court, I don't even have to worry about it. Facebook has an algorithm. It's math. It figure out when to post that so people will see it. And I can say, I want 20,000 people to see it. And I, you know, if you live in a town of Atlanta, you might want 100,000 people and you'll pay for that. But maybe you're going to start to get the people you want to actually reach at your event. Well, welcome to the Think Orange podcast. We are here at Orange Conference, and I am Sarah Bragg, and I am here with some friends. I'm Dan Scott. I'm Amy Fenton. Yeah, so we're excited to be here around the table, hidden in the arena where no one knows where we are. It's like a secret service kind <laughs> yes, of thing. We are in Can the we bowels stay here the rest of, of the, day? the Infinite Energy, energy right. Center. Yeah. Right. I right. love it. Yes. So we're very important. That's why. They just hit us away. <laughs> <laughs> like, just keep them hidden. Yeah. Um, so Amy, tell us a little bit about you, because we're excited to have a conversation about VBS, which sidebar, when we talk to people who not grew up in the church, like came yeah. to know Jesus like late in life, and I worked for a church, and, I, and my husband was talking to me, and said, well, Sarah's really busy. She's got VBS. And the guy paused and he went, oh my gosh, is she okay? Is that like an illness? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> right. Like he had no clue that that was like a thing, you know? Okay. So we want to hear from you. We're going to have this conversation about it. So tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. So right now I work for Orange. I've worked for Orange for the past five years as an Orange specialist. Um, I've worn several hats at the company as we all do, but um, recently to... Three years ago now, I added the hat of executive director of Orange VBS and started to produce this product for Orange. Um, My background is in kids ministry. I was a kids pastor at two different churches, um, both for about 10 years. Were those big VBS churches? They were big VBS churches. Yes. It is. It's kind of a one or the other. Yes. There's no really in-between church on like how you feel about VBS. There's not. And when I was asked to take on the VBS product for Orange, this was the crazy thing. Dan, Mike, Reggie, my boss, all the people said, yeah, we don't really like VBS. Sorry. So I thought, mm-hmm, that's good to have yeah, the we position. We were not like, from VBS I feel, churches. I, yeah. You probably felt very supported. Right. <laughs> like, I was like, and you're asking me to take this on as punishment or... Did I do something wrong? Right. But they knew that I really believed in it and had a passion for it and um, had done it for really like 30 years. I promise I'm not that old. But, you know, it was interesting trying to change the mindset of our company about this product and what it could do for churches. So, yeah. Well, given your history, because you've worked in children's ministry, you said, I mean, you said two different churches, kind of 10 years each. So that's 20 years of (laughs) in the trenches of children's ministry. How has children's ministry changed in recent years? And how have those changes influenced our approach to Vacation Bible School? Right. I, I was thinking about that question earlier. And, you know, Today's world is so different than 20 years ago. Like, I remember 20 years ago, I would do a newsletter for VBS and I would literally pull out my clip art books 
Yes. And like you'd go photocopy it yes. and then you'd cut out yes. the clip art and glue it on and then make copies of it. I mean, I didn't even have a computer like when I started. You didn't do that digitally. Yes. At all. And like we got AOL at, at my first oh, year at church. Up. Yes. For and those I of ran you listening, born line. before 19. I'm just kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it was so crazy just to think back how different things are. So I was thinking about um, technology. You know, technology is so present. I mean, it's just consumed all of our lives now, and that wasn't even in existence back then, um, so much of it. And I think the family mm. looks so different today. Yeah. And I feel like the church is very different, how it falls in society. So 20 years ago when I started in ministry, there was never anything on Sundays or Wednesday nights. Why? Because... You're church. at church. Right. Yeah, for, right? yeah, exactly. Like everybody was at church. Church was the center of the community. And um, and so VBS was the center of the community. And um, so I think there's a lot that's changed throughout our culture that has affected kids. It's affected their brains. It's affected how they learn, which has to change our approach to VBS. It's affected how important church is to the family too. And I don't know that... We live in a culture where we prioritize that anymore. So how do we redesign a VBS that makes people want to come back into church and make it a priority again? So lots to think about as we yeah, yeah absolutely. Don't okay, you think? so why don't we break it down a little bit? Because yeah. I, in working with churches, have heard lots of different budgets yeah. that people spend on VBS and it could be that their VBS budget is equal to what they spend the rest of the year yeah. on regular children's ministry. So like you have these massive amounts of money that are going into okay. it. And then you have these other churches who don't have those massive, massive amounts of money. And they're right. like, well, how could I even do this? So, right. so how does that, how does the economy, how do those budgets affect what we do sure. with VBS? One of the interesting things, after diving in a little bit with Reggie and finding out why he didn't like VBS, this was the reason, and it was a great reason. He would go to churches that would have a $20,000 budget for their VBS yeah. and give kids this amazing week, and he would come back to visit them on a Sunday, and the kids would be in a basement with flannel graph. And it would look nothing like what they experienced. It feels like a bait and yes. switch. Yes. Right. Right? Like, right. you're like, oh, we want all these kids to come. Right. And then they do. And then the next week, they're like, wait, ooh, where's all the fun stuff? Right. Exactly. And so Reggie's point was, you know, if you have a $20,000 VBS budget and a $2,000 kids ministry budget for the year, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Like, we've got to look at how to give kids a great year a great experience all the time, not just a great week. If you're putting all this money into one week, what is the why behind the what? Why are you, why? What's the point at the end of it? So it made us want to cast a better vision for what VBS could be. So we try to give, if you'll notice in Orange VBS, it is not ever themed like 
we're in the ocean or the forest yeah. or yes. the, you the know. cave. Or yes. Right, right. Yeah. So we don't do that and that's not bad, but we have broader themes that can be decorated yes. with a few big pieces to give you a big bang for your buck, but that we want you to focus more on relationships Absolutely. than on spending $20,000 butcher papering every wall of your church to yeah. look like you're under the Because at the, the end of the day, you really want it to be an on-ramp for families Absolutely. to connect into your church, right? Absolutely. And so your return on the investment is all about relationships. Right. So we just feel like we would rather you invest in volunteers who invest in those kids who continue to show up. Show up. Yeah. We we don't want them just to come to a great $20,000 week and leave and never hear from you again and get lost. We want to help you to spend your budget money better and to use it to give kids a great experience all year. In fact, with our Orange VBS, we say we don't want to give kids a great week. We want to give them a great summer. Yes. Because um, our summer theme ties in directly with our VBS theme. That ties in with budget. Yeah. So let's say you buy some big set pieces to use for VBS. You can turn around and use those for your June curriculum, for your July curriculum. You can tell kids on the Friday of VBS, hey, we're, the fun doesn't stop here. Come on back on Sunday and every Sunday for the rest of the summer, we're going to keep doing this exact same thing. Well, and they see the same thing. The things yeah, that right. like spark their interest of their eyes and their senses. And they go, oh, I saw this this week and it was so fun. I see it again on Sunday. Right. So it do- it doesn't disappear. <laughs> <laughs> you don't come back to the moldy basement with the flannel graph. And, you know, we want to keep it fresh and fun for kids all the time, not just for a week. Well, and you just get to be a good steward of that money and Absolutely. those resources because there's nothing worse than just like, well, we're just going to toss this backdrop in the trash like in the dumpster behind you know we used it right. for you know 72 hours you know that's not good math that <laughs> is not, not equal five days math. <laughs> <laughs> I work with words not with numbers right right it's okay we all have our yes, gifts that's right I'm just working in my strengths here um, okay so what practical steps can a church take to create an effective vacation bible school experience especially if they've had some that didn't go so well right yeah. That's a great question. And I think a lot of people don't have a vision for their VBS. Mm. So if you've all if you're doing your VBS because your church has always done VBS, that's not the right reason to do VBS. Mm. I would sit down with your team and say, what do we want to accomplish? through this week. So what's our vision? What are our goals? And part of that is us as leaders casting that vision for those leaders to say, um, maybe just to your core leaders, at the end of this week, I want every child in our church to be connected to a caring adult. So that's my big picture vision. So how do we put feet to that to give our week a great week, you know, to give these kids a great week where they leave feeling like somebody knows their name from Mm -hmm. our church? You have to ask yourself the question, is this VBS about discipleship or evangelism? Yeah. And I would say they're both. Both. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if either one is wrong. Right. I would say both, but I think people pick one or the other sometimes. Yeah, and I, I think because they're thinking, okay, we're trying to get this on-ramp. We want these families to like keep coming back, but but I don't know if they do because it does feel like they err on the side of evangelism, which obviously is super important. We want right. kids to know Jesus, but there's more, right? Right, right. We want kids to know Jesus in the context of relationships, it's like Reggie always says, for a kid to know God, they need to know somebody who knows God. Yeah. We want them to know somebody who knows God. Right. 
we want them to see Jesus lived out in somebody. We want somebody to know them well enough to know if that's the Holy Spirit speaking to them. I just did an interview with Mike Clear, and we even talked about how to have a successful VBS as far as leading kids to Christ. You will never see in our VBS curriculum an altar call at the end of large group. Yeah. We're never going to do a, like, come down front, you get a prize and a free Bible and a reward. and. Because every first grader wants that, right? (laughs) Whether they really feel like it's time and the Holy Spirit is speaking to them and it's time for them to become a Christian, or they just think, cool, I want something free and all my friends went down there. And so when we do present the plan of salvation, we present it in small group and we encourage those small group leaders to then talk to the parents and put that in the parents' hands to help lead their kids to Christ. So um, That's great, which actually sort of leads us to our our next question. Right. Because we, you know, we want unchurched families to engage with our church, right? So what are the steps? What can we do? How can we make that happen? How can leaders make that happen? Yeah. You know, you have to make it appealing. I'm big on creating irresistible environments. Mm. So I want this to be something that's appealing to your community. I hate handwritten signs. Mm. It's like anybody who's ever worked for me knows if you handwrite a sign and tape it to something, you might be fired. Right? Like, <laughs> I love knowing that about you. I'm like, like, just be, don't. Yeah, so we'll take this out. It'll right. be great. It'll be we'll fine. just print it. It'll be fine. Right. <laughs> like, just, it really, I think the church, we don't always look as professional yes. as we should. So we want those unchurched families to come, but I don't want them to come and think, oh, this is the representation of Jesus. Like we're representing Jesus. We should look like the best thing happening in your community. I want it to be fun and high energy and exciting and look like we really care about kids. Yeah. And like we know how they learn and we know what they need. And so I think a lot of that is casting vision to your church about unchurched families and how to ask people, you know, I think you can put, you can put up flyers everywhere, sure, yeah. but it's more about getting the kids who are already in your ministry and the families who are already in your church to just ask one or two. Mm-hmm. You know, they know they know your community, they know yeah. their neighbors. How yeah, because can- it's a huge invest and invite opportunity. Right. Like if you know your neighbors, if you have families, like you, that's what you cast that vision. Right. I've, I've heard of some churches actually using Facebook. And Facebook ads, because they're like, we actually want to, we don't want to target families inside our church. We really need to target families outside of our church. So they use Facebook ads to market in their community, making sure that it's hitting all families, not just families inside the church. That is really cool. Well, and I think knowing your audience too, Nick Blevins is a family pastor. He and I have talked a lot about VBS and he, on his registration form, he's like, I want to know if people are not church, but you don't want to say like, Mark, Right. Put an X by I don't get it. It's real personal. <laughs> so he puts on his form, um, I attend your, ch- you know, our church. I attend another church in the community. And there's one other question, but it's all positive. And like, if they don't go to church at all, they can just leave it blank. Yeah. And so for him, he said that's an easy way to find out if they're churched without saying 
do you go to church? And that gives them the tools they need to be really intentional with the follow-up afterwards. um, Because we don't want to push families away. No. And and I think we could. Yeah. You know, with maybe the handwritten signs. Don't or, handwrite a sign. <laughs> you didn't hear anything in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Don't handwrite a that. sign. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, we don't want, we don't want to turn families off. I, I will say this. I think unchurched families come a lot of times to give their kids something to do in the summer. Yes. And we're all parents. Even Absolutely. church families. Absolutely. Right here. I go to a church that doesn't do a VBS and we send our kids to a church that does a VBS. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you want them to have right. something to do in the right. summer and you want it to they be a great experience. Fun. Right. So I would say this, a lot of those unchurched families don't really expect us to care post VBS week. Mm. They think, oh yeah, another church, another VBS, just give them something to do. I want to surround those kids with people who will notice and who will know that they're not churched and find ways to show them that you care. Yeah. Practical ways to show them yeah. that you care afterwards. I think that will speak volumes to them and not scare them, not yeah. drive them away, but make them go, wow, that that's a group of really nice, thoughtful people. And I think that goes back to what you said earlier about the relationships, yeah. that that really is the distinguisher here yeah. that if a kid shows up, I mean, yes, they might like the inflatables one day if you have that, or they might like these some activity, but they're probably going to remember someone on stage or some yeah. someone singing or their mm-hmm. small group leader sure. and go, I really liked that person. Yes. And that's really what, and I think as a volunteer, that's a, that's the vision you have to cast for your volunteers, that it, that you are the person that they're seeing Jesus in, like you were saying, Mm -hmm. that it's not just showing up, making sure the craft is here, making sure you got all the like pipe cleaners you need. (laughs) You know, it's it's really more than that. Like it really is about this relationship that they see Jesus in you and hopefully that'll be what connects them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's what keeps kids coming back. Yeah. Okay. So what elements are essential, not only for this VBS to go well, but also just to really complete the church's ultimate mission. Like, what are some essential elements in that? Sure. Well, amazing volunteers are the key piece of the puzzle when it comes to pulling off a great VBS. I mean, you have to have people. We want kids in groups of 8 to 10. Mm. So to if you have a big church with a lot of kids coming, that's a lot of yes. people, you know, to get on board and to put on your team and to cast vision to, but it can happen. There are people who might not be able to serve all the time in your ministry, but who can give a week of their time yeah. to invest in BBS. Our goal is ultimately for your small group leaders who serve on Sundays to be the key leaders in this because we want them to build relationships and fun and memories. And, you know, Sundays are so short. They don't get a lot of time with those kids, but you take them into a week of VBS. And it's Mm -hmm. almost like I compare it to what happens when you take students away to student camp, you know, you can't take a first grader away to beach camp, but you can bring them to VBS (laughs) and they can have that fun and make memories and have stories over time and fun over time and all the things we talk about. And if they bring a friend, then that friend is also connected to that small group leader that they would like come back and see on Sunday. Right. Come back Sunday and you get to be a part. So your volunteers, I think are so important 
and volunteers who get it, who get the vision and the why behind the what, you know, having, having great props, having fun crafts, having fun games, all those things we give you in the curriculum. So we try to really equip you through Orange VBS to make it simple for you to put on a really great program, but your volunteers are the secret sauce. Yeah. Wouldn't you say? I think so. Dan, yeah. And it is probably the hardest part of the job for the church. Yeah, I mean, how do we get all of these volunteers? Yes. Right. I mean, I think there's probably a lot of listeners going, that's great. That's great, but but, uh, how do I recruit them? How do I train them? Right. What What are some ways? Yes, so we did a Facebook Live and talked about this, and it, things sometimes, you know how you just take things for granted. This is one of those things that I took for granted and I thought people knew. But in the interview, I said, you need to get a core team of leaders and they need to be your VBS leadership team. Mm. And they each need to own a piece. And I had so many people say, thank you so much for saying that. Like, I thought I had to run it all. Oh. No. no. That's a lot of pressure. That is so yes. much pressure. You can't do all the things. You cannot. Because there are so, a lot of things. There's, yes. <laughs> there's <laughs> so all, many things. So Coming many from things. someone who spent like decades in like student ministry, and then I did a brief like stint in preschool ministry. Oh, that wow. was a, yes. But walking through VBS, I was like, oh, this yes. is like a whole other world. So the secret to it is you ask those core leaders, okay, I need you, and all I want you to focus on is crafts. So mm. will you do the crafts? Will you tell me what we need to order for crafts? Will you organize the craft room? And will you recruit your own team to serve in crafts? Mm. That's taken care of. Check. You, student pastor, you're going to be in charge of the games. Mm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. It's but, a whole church effort. Right. Yes. It is. Because then Which you can get all the students involved. So many involved. churches don't view it that way. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about that in my breakout okay. um, at Orange Conference about how to be one voice as a church behind this. Because... You know, you get the student pastor and you say, you recruit the students to come be on your team and run that game time. And you involve the sweet little ladies in your church who love to bake, Mm -hmm. but who don't want to be around kids. (laughs) They're like, I've done that. Yeah, right. right? We're good. They can do your snacks. And so if you find a head for each team and you empower them and empower them to find volunteers because they go to small groups you don't go to. They go to Sunday school classes for those churches that still have a traditional Sunday school and a lot of churches that do VBS do. Do. Mm -hmm. Or they are just connected within the church with different circles Then you're always in the back in the kids area. You don't always know as many adults unless they happen to be the adults that volunteer with you. So, Put together a core team and empower them to then recruit for their teams. I would say the one thing you want to be as a ministry leader most involved in is the small group leader piece. Because that is, again, your secret sauce. So you want to find somebody to head up that small group leader team, but you probably want to speak into that, that makes sense. more than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just get a team together. Don't feel like you're looking at this list going, oh my gosh, it's going to take 250 volunteers and I'm just going to quit before I get started because I can't do that. Yeah. You, you can if you do structure it right. You know, That's I think... Great after watching on the back end of BBS happening, I think those volunteers that I've seen are just run 
ragged. Yeah. Right. They hate life by the end of it. <laughs> They're like, I never want to see another child. You know, yeah, yeah, all yeah. these things. So how can you make them feel appreciated? Great question. That they will come back yeah. and serve again. How can again? you celebrate that? Yes. Absolutely. I, first of all, I love loving on volunteers. I love volunteers. I believe so much in them. I mean, the church couldn't function without them. So for my VBS, for example, I always had a volunteer room where they mm, could sneak away during great. their kids. Take a breather. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so they would come in there while the kids were out at recreation, game time. And I had this lady who was fabulous at asking businesses to donate good food. Oh, yeah. So they didn't get the goldfish and the Cheerios. <laughs> like they got really good food. Her name was Betsy and she would go to Chick-fil-A and she would go to Publix and she would go to local restaurants and she would say, can you donate something to our church for these amazing volunteers? And every day she would serve great food and we would put we would go gather sofas out of everybody's office to give them a place that was comfortable to sit and to relax and really honor them but then also at the end of VBS we tried to do a lot to thank them. So we always had a gift for them. Sometimes it was just a $5 Starbucks gift card, but we as a team would always handwrite a note oh, yeah. and help them remember like you may not see it today. You may not see it tomorrow or next year, but there were seeds planted this week that are forever going to change a kid and thus change their family and change their lives. And so that telling them that and helping them see that the it makes the tired worth it, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and I think that that is something that a church with a small budget can do. They can write a note. Absolutely. Yes. Like you can go to the dollar store and get thank you cards and you can write a note because a handwritten note, it's like, you know, the dark ages. We it don't really write it anymore, but it yeah. says so much of right. feeling, okay, someone noticed me. They noticed what I, how I contributed. They took time. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, I was always blessed with a great staff. So I had some amazing executive pastors that I worked for who, they too on that last day would just stand in the parking lot as we were leaving. Mm. And so to have your other staff telling them, you did an amazing job this week. We couldn't have done it without you. You changed lives this week. And it, I don't know, it was something as they were leaving no, that just great. got them pumped up yeah. to go, well, Amy's job was to notice, you know, Amy's the kids pastor. She had to notice, but all the other staff noticed too. Yeah. And they're taking the time to, Give me high fives yeah. and hugs and praise me on my way out yeah. the door when I really can barely crawl to my car. <laughs> <laughs> which, think... make, which makes so much sense because it really is a church-wide initiative to grow the church, not just your children's ministry, right. right? Right. So to see the pastor out there, to see the youth pastor out there, to see the elder board or whoever right. really thanking all of these volunteers, I mean, that would be Yes, huge. which I love that you said that in the very beginning of the episode about how important it is to determine your why. Yes. Because right. if if it's just to grow the children's ministry, if it's just to um, provide a week for parents, whatever it is, but if it's bigger and we're seeing that this connects to the whole church's mission, that yeah. changes the way everyone plays. 
Yeah. So at Orange, we talk about a lot about leading up. And a lot of people will email us or post on our Orange VBS Facebook page, like, how do I get my staff involved? How do I get them to care? And a lot of those people are data people. Mm, Like, if you just go and say, I need you to serve in VBS because this is my event and it's important, they're like, yeah, well, so is everything else on my calendar, right? (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Get in line. But (laughs) if you say, I really want our staff to be a part of this, because we're trying to reach families, not just kids. And so here's how we can invest in the life of a kid. Here's how we're going to follow up with their family afterwards. And we want to bring those families into the church. And if those families, let's say we reach 20 lost families who are far from Jesus, and we bring them into our church, and let's say five families get plugged in, that that's going to be a game changer for our church. Like we want to help grow our church and reach the lost in our community that it speaks their language. So I think when you're trying to cast vision to your staff, make sure you know it. If you have to stand in the bathroom and practice in your (laughs) mirror before you go talk to your senior pastor or your executive pastor or your next gen pastor, practice what you will say in a positive, exciting way that benefits the church. Because complaining to them that nobody's helping me with this big VBS thing makes them not want to help you with the big VBS thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, that was such a great episode. So much practical content in there for everybody running a VBS. What I found most challenging, and I'm assuming our listeners may feel the the same way, is when Amy was talking about how so many churches spend so much mm. more money on the VBS than they ever would on weekly programming or yeah. on like consistent follow through mm. that people, you know, kids or families have this amazing experience at VBS. And then there is no plan moving forward to mm. how to carry that momentum mm. or there aren't resources available. Yeah. And I think that maybe we're caught in between how it used to be and what it needs to be now. Cause family structures have changed. You mentioned that as well. Yeah. And it just made me rethink some of the experiences I had as opposed to what what those could have looked like. And maybe I'd remember more about it from my childhood then. Yeah, totally. Well, we really hope that today's episode inspired you in the same way that did with Ash, but also challenged you as well. So if this was helpful to you in any way, we would love if you would leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really just helps us get the word out. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so already. You can do that through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. We'd also love it if you could check out the show notes at thinkorangepodcast.com, thinkorangepodcast.com. That's where you'll find information about today's episode, tweetable quotes, and how you can contact anybody who is on the podcast today. We'd also love it, Ash, if you would share this with a friend. Yeah. That is super important, don't you think? Especially a friend who loves the Fuji song, (laughs) Killing Me Or, the, or VBS. Or the, or the BGs. It's either way. Just share it with a friend because we would love to get this information out to more people. And Ash, it feels like it's been a while since we've been together right? in the bunker. But let's do our sign off together because I, this is my favorite moment. And remember, when you think next generation, think orange. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast. Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com. 